I think the biggest thing was they really tried to, and I think especially my mom, was it doesn't matter what the church thinks. It doesn't matter what the appearance is. We're going to make the decision that's best for you all. Not that she didn't care about the reputation of God's people or the Lord or anything, but it just, she didn't let that get in there. Whereas, and I think my dad would admit, he would make decisions based on, well, this, you know, what are people going to think about this or that? And mom would say, I don't care what they think. What I care about is, is this best for you all? of the show, and we've got a special series coming up for you. Now, one of the things we hear from you as listeners all of the time is that you love our episodes regarding parenting in the glass house, raising kids in the glass house, all of those kinds of topics. And so we are so excited that we've got a series of three episodes coming out now about what it's like to grow up in the glass house. And today we're kicking it off with Kelly Minter. If you guys don't know Kelly, you should. Kelly is one of our beloved Lifeway authors and speakers. She grew up in the glass house. Her dad was a pastor, and you're going to get to hear all about that story today. We're going to link in the show notes where you can learn more about Kelly, see some of the things that she's written for us here at Lifeway. But guys, more than any We would love for you to share this episode with your friends who are raising kids in the glass house because we know it's not easy and we're here to do it with you. So here is Ben and Lindley's conversation with Kelly Minter. Lindley, today we have one of our amazing friends, Kelly Minter, on the show to talk about one of the most requested topics we get, which is how do you raise a kid in a pastor's house? Or just have you survived growing up in the pastor's family? You yeah, know, there, I mean, that's that too. And what right? was it yeah. like? Yeah. yeah. That's an easy question. Yeah. Well, where's I the question? Because I know your dad, he has a big personality. Yes. And we've had him on the show, and he tells so many stories about just raising kids. Like one of the stories he tells, which I want to hear you talk about. Okay. Is the time that there was a, a situation at school, and okay. he went with you to a teacher and mm-hmm. something happened that caused you to feel singled out as a pastor's kid. Do you remember the story? Oh yeah. Somehow a ball got taken out of the physical education storage room. <laughs> okay. This is a great <laughs> story. And this one teacher really thought that I had done it and I had not done it. And mm-hmm. I said, I did not take that basketball because I really hadn't. And she said, don't lie to me because you are a pastor's kid. There it is. So that really, I was only like eight or nine years old at that point or somewhere mm. in that vicinity or 10 or something. And I remember really knowing that's not right. No, no one should lie. Right. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm a pastor's kid or not. That's not a good standard there. Like, like, like the standard I think that Jesus set is that none of us should be lying. <laughs> Stealing basketballs. And I, di- I didn't actually do it. But that really – now this is where I did sin, but that just really – fired me up man I was ticked you know and uh, mm-hmm. but that yes I still remember that to this but day, here's a question very specific yeah did your dad handle that well did he defend you did he remain quiet so that people wouldn't think he was an overbearing father like how did he play that out well here's the thing and this is terrible because I don't have any recollection I just remember coming home and say and telling the story I don't know that any that it 
warranted necessarily a reaction. I mean, I remember them saying, well, that's crazy. You know, that yeah. you shouldn't <laughs> have been singled out like that. But he might have said something. I just don't really remember that part. I just yeah. remember thinking, what in the world? Was your dad but, a pastor from like as early as you can remember? Yes. I was born. They started Reston Bible Church like six months or three months or something before I was born. So I was literally like born into, into the, church. the church. Yes. And at that point, I think it was just, it was at this, it, it was the international building and then it was a Sheridan. But anyway, it was a hotel at the time in Reston. And they had one of the floors that they rented just a little hmm. room. Just literally that's how small. Because when he started the church, he, he was just witnessing to people around. He was working at a golf club mm-hmm. and shining shoes and giving golf lessons yeah. and racquetball lessons and all that kind of stuff. So I was born into it, and it was my whole life. Rest in Bible Church was my whole life. It was really weird moving to Nashville mm-hmm. at age 25 and then becoming part of a church, and nobody knew me. Nobody cared nobody was asking my opinion you know nobody it was mm-hmm. weird to not be mm-hmm. just to be a just a uh you know standard person in the church right. <laughs> you know but it's weird in a good and a bad way i'm sure because in some ways you like to be known but in not you personally but yes. some, people in general and in some ways it's frustrating yeah it felt more negative to me because i kind of thought well wait a minute how come i'm how i don't know what the inside is track is here like i don't know yeah. who the I don't know the leadership. Mm-hmm. I, it, you know, it was not that I had any decision making powers or anything. But you know, when your dad and mm-hmm. your mom start the church, you you're, you're just aware of all yeah. the players. Mm-hmm. And we asked your dad if he did family devotions with you guys, and he said yes. no. He said it just didn't work. He said he tried <laughs> so it one time; it was horrible. He never tried it again. Way to stick with it, Dad. But he said he would like he would be like as conversational as he could be about. The scriptures, like yes. as it came up along the way, or yes. you know, in a store, something might be happening. So, like, what do you remember about that? Yeah, no, he was very much that way, and so both of my parents played a, a strong role mm-hmm. in my faith. But to your question, for my dad, talking about my dad for a second here, he was very conversational. So I think he very much took that Deuteronomy six approach, where we he was always drawing connections. We did not have family devotions, but we had many, many family conversations, yes. I will say. <laughs> he was like the family meeting guy. So if I was upset at my mom or I was upset at my sister Megan or David was upset at us, or it, we were always sitting down to have discussions. Well, how did you feel about so, that as a kid? Were you like, oh, because our kids, like whenever we call that meeting, our kids are like, are you serious? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I do remember feeling like heard you know because it because my you know, my brother right now he's he's raising his kids and i said listen it's fine i said i know you're you've got some that are easier and others that are more challenging i said i was challenging until i was like 33 so it's okay it's gonna all work out you know the lord eventually you eventually surrender your will you know to the lord and but we were i said i said but listen all those conversations where you let I won't say which child it is, but one of their children. When you let this child talk it out, I said, I said, now dad let me do that ad nauseum. And and my brother said, well, did it work? And I'm like, you tell me. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in my late 40s. I, but we, he did let me talk a lot. And I, I, I appreciate that. We, I struggled a lot. I had a lot of anxiety. I even had some early onset depression that I don't even think I can even totally pinpoint but I I was not an easy kid and I was I had anger 
issues and I was I was a little bit more explosive and punchy and so I one thing I appreciate about him was he was always willing to sit there and talk hmm. even if we were circling which I circled a lot did you hmm. feel like he you know. slapped uh, like Bible verses on or did you ever feel like he was tried to spiritualize it or was he just really good at empathizing and listening he was good I would say he did both I would say he was good at listening, and even if he did bring a verse into it or a passage into it or a pr- principle into it, because he could, I don't know that he could ever help himself from that <laughs> on some level, but he, I always felt like he was there to help, you know, there to listen, there to be a part, even if we were sparring, yeah, yeah. he was still present. He didn't, he didn't, mm-hmm. I don't remember him ever like blowing up and leaving the room, yeah, you know, it was, he was in there for the, for the hall. For the long haul mm. of it, mm. and and I do remember him asking me one time on a walk, and I don't know if I was fifteen or fourteen or sixteen, but we were walking one night, and he didn't give me names, and there was no he didn't break any confidence, but he was dealing with something really tricky in the church, and I don't even remember what the situation it was, but he said, "I have a question for you. How would you handle this?" Mm. And I remember feeling very valued that he was asking my opinion on That's something, cool. and. Like I said, I don't even remember what it was, That's but I cool. remember the the situation, and so, yeah. I mean, there was there was a lot of good conversation, and I think that that was really really mm. helpful. You've been focusing on him. I was wondering if you're going to ask this because I was hoping you would. Well, I just feel like, I mean, your mom. Gosh, she started. I mean, she had four kids then uh-huh. in this church they've planted. Mm-hmm. Um, she's feisty too. Yes. I mean, she's a fun personality. Yes. And so, I mean, how how was that for her? I mean, how do you remember anything that happened in the church that you thought, man, my mom handled that so well, mm-hmm. um, or any story that you can tell just about how she, she you she walked through something that you really admired? Yeah, my mom is more. Uh, I don't know if pragmatic is the word, but my mom, they're a good balance for each other because she could see she could see real clearly. Whereas sometimes I do think my dad would think, okay, well, what, where's my verse for this? Or where's my scriptural footing, which is a great question to ask. But sometimes life isn't always quite that clear. And I do remember one time going and seeking a counselor of a, of a certain type that for me at a time in my life where I, I just, I needed some help. And this particular counselor from a certain outfit which will remain nameless but he went down this really this whole path of like you know had you have have i ever uh been exposed to a ouija board have i you know all this stuff and i'm i'm looking at this person like what like you know and i'm not saying that there's never a place for any of that stuff but i mean that was not where i was at 15 Mm -hmm. and i remember getting into the car and i was telling my parents a little bit about it and for my dad, this was someone who had kind of like come highly recommended. And my mom goes, we are barking up the wrong tree. This is not the, this mm-hmm. is not. But she, she could just see it so quickly. Like, this is not the approach wrong that man. is, yes. Discerning? And yeah, they're, okay, thank you for that yeah. word. Yes, she's very discerning. Hmm. And I think that that was very helpful for many, many years. And my mom was also very honest, hmm. which you know, you know mm-hmm. this probably only to you from being around her. She's not going to tell you what 
even you want to hear, even if that would be helpful for a time, yeah. if she doesn't think <laughs> that that is is what. And I, I have a distinct memory, and my mom remembers this too. But in my anxiety and in my angst with the Lord, we were sitting on the couch one night, and I think we were doing maybe it was a Bible study together or something. And I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I wasn't old, maybe eleven or twelve or somewhere in there. And we had one word. The question was, what is one word to describe God? And I said, mysterious. And my mom just kind of looked at me, and she said, that's your word? And I said, yeah. And I said, isn't, isn't your word something like that? And she said, no, my word is near, because the Lord is near. Mm. And I, I remember saying to my mom, like, but he's mysterious, right? Isn't he mysterious to you? And isn't it hard to? And she's like, no. He's not. I mean, yes, he's mysterious, but Mm -hmm. she's like, to me, no, that would not even be in my top. And I kept wanting her to affirm my word. And all these years later, she was like, I was not going to tell you that the Lord was mysterious to me because he's not to me. Hmm. And and so we still have that conversation. And it wasn't that – it just – it's so my mom. Because she just wasn't going to give an inch on her word. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't going to try to, you know, because, and I think too, she wanted me to know that the Lord is personal and that he is near and that he communes with us. And for her, mystery, that just wasn't hmm. in her box, you know, of what she experienced. Your parents are an amazing picture of opposites attract. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Your dad is yeah. such a larger than life, positive, yeah. like always has smile on his face. But such a struggler yes. in his own way, yeah. And your mom is so sincere uh-huh. and direct mm-hmm. and I think just comfortable in her own skin. Yes, yeah. Um, so they're, when we met them, I, just, I remember thinking they are really good balance. Yes, they are. Other. They are. Because that's how God works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking about this in terms of our listeners. So if you are talking to our listeners who are primarily ministry leaders, uh-huh. what is something that you remember your parents that they did well as you guys were being mm-hmm. being raised? You know, if they were going through a situation, how they handled it well. Um, does anything ring a bell? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest thing was they really tried to, and I think especially my mom, was it doesn't matter what the church thinks. It doesn't matter what the appearance is. doesn't matter what – we're going to make the decision that's best for you all. Like that was mm-hmm. very much – not that she didn't care about the reputation of God's people or the Lord or anything, but it just – she didn't let that get in there. Whereas – and I think my dad would admit like sometimes he would make decisions based on, well, this – this this isn't going to look good mm. for yeah. you know what are people going to think about this or that and mom would say I don't care mm-hmm. what they think what I care about is is this best for you all and and your relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. us and all of that so I think my mom always put us I don't want to say first in the wrong way but right. she just really had our it, she didn't worry mm-hmm. about what everybody was going to think yeah. and. And my dad, I would also say, was that way. There were times where he wasn't, and I think he would say that, where he did worry about mm-hmm. what people thought. But I think, generally speaking, he let us be ourselves. And I don't remember feeling a, a lot of like, oh, well, we have to do this because we're mm-hmm. the pastor's kids. I don't remember feeling that. And I think, too, the other thing that both of them did well is they were very much the same on and off 
the stage mm-hmm. and in and out of church. There was not – I never remember thinking, like, my parents switched a mm-hmm. – or flipped a switch when they walked in the door. That's good. From church. And so I think that that was probably the biggest mm-hmm. thing was they really were the same. That's cool. Wherever we were. And, and that spoke volumes to me because I wasn't like, oh, this is the church version and this mm-hmm. is the house version. I have a question for you. You, you and your siblings, from what I understand, are all very different. One, three, two, and four. Okay. Yes. So One, me and my sister, Katie, who's third, we are very similar. David and Megan, Megan's two, David's four. They're very similar. So I do wonder sometimes, huh. like, how does, how does out of one house yeah, right. do, do such different children emerge? Like, yes. you have a very theological bent. You're very uh-huh. studious. You yes. like to chase down an idea for months and uh-huh. theologically. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm guessing some of your other siblings are probably opposite to that. Yes. So or, yeah. what two and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, personality. Yeah. Interest wise is different. Personality wise, my sister Katie and I are, are more similar and David and Megan are more really relaxed and mm. just chill. They're just very chill. Mm. I'm not at all. <laughs> but some of it, I think it is that uh, order of birth order, you know, and and mm-hmm. and also, I I grew up in a very different home than my brother, who's eight and a half years younger than me. Okay. I mean, he was like eating fruity pebbles and, <laughs> you know, they were Blender's really bagels right. and like what you know. And I, I was like homemade bread for me and carrot sticks. And we were I mean, we were with our family that recently, and Ava said, you know, that I would have never gotten away with saying that, like uh, what one of them said. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even remember what he said because I'm tired. I mean, yes. you know, by that point, and she, yeah, she's right. She wouldn't have gotten away with it. But here's yes, my question: Our is. daughter is very theologically minded. Like she reads, she's uh-huh. a serious thinker. Our boys just don't like to read. Okay. Even though they've come from the same house. Uh-huh. How do you think, well, how was it that you caught that bug? Is it just yeah. nature, nurture? What happened? Well, I think it's both, obviously, of course. But I do think I'm naturally bent those ways. But I think my firstbornness mm-hmm. definitely played into it because I was going to Bible studies with my dad. I mean, I would go on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. with him. By myself. I mean, my mom wasn't even going to those, you know, because he was like going and leading. Why did you go? Because he made you go or you wanted to go? No, I wanted to go. I mean, I, I, it was kind of interesting. The desserts after the fact were, they played, that played in, but it wasn't the whole thing. I, I was, I was always very interested in the church. I think too, the church was so tiny when I was born that I really kind of watched them build something from scratch. Mm -hmm. And I was part of it. We were part of it. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to have this service day. Well, I'm there. Extended family. Yeah, or missions conference was a big thing, and I loved being there for the whole weekend. And so and I, I think it's – I don't know. I, you all would be a lot more up on these studies. But it, it seems like the people, though, that served in their local church growing up, not just went to youth group order, but actually were part of being there, tearing down, setting Tearing. up, all that, they're, they're in the faith or have a – Stronger track record, if you will, or something. They got their hands dirty. Yeah, That'd they were, be an interesting they were study. part of it, not just being serviced by the church, but were actually serving. Yeah. And I was kind of like that mm. by default, but I enjoyed it. And, I, you know, I was my mom took me on my first mission trip when I was 14. Mm. Uh, you, you know, we just we were exposed to a lot, but it, not just from the seats, but actually we got to actually 
like you said, get, get our hands dirty and be That's part really of it. That really made a difference. So not only did your brother grow up in a different family, he kind of grew up in a different church. He, he kind of did. Oh, yeah. Everything was, was just poshy and yeah, ready. Yeah, it was ready for him <laughs> now. Like they had the cool youth group and the cool, you know, and all the stuff. And, you know, it, he went on this whole, they did this bike trip every year, which was awesome. And I never went on it. And we were mm-hmm. talking about it the other day. And he's like, you never did the Florida bike trip, like with the youth group. And we end up in Disney World. Right? I was like, No. I didn't do that, wow. you know, but I, I got other experiences. I love that. But, mm. yeah, he really did. He, it, Yeah, the church was very established at that point, and I think there was something to be said for me being part of it in the earlier years. I remember when Reston Bible Church broke ground for its first building that they paid cash for, which still to this day, mm-hmm. that was such a mile marker miracle. Wow. And we had service projects, and, I, and there's a picture of me. You know, behind my dad, he's got his shovel, like, you know, yep. doing the dig, and there I am at, like, 10 that was a big day for us. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, they did a lot of things well. I, I think the things that they would say that, that weren't as well was just some of the, there was some legalism that bled in from, and when I say legalism, I feel like I have to define that term now because sometimes people don't even know what I'm talking about. But the idea that God's going to be happy happy with us if we do the right thing you know, and yes, God is happy for us to obey him. He delights. But where we feel like we can manipulate him or earn his favor or we're doing it for appearances mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And so that's what I mean. And there was there was a good bit of that. Some of that was just where evangelicalism was at the time. And mm-hmm. and maybe now we've swung too far. We're now there's no standard <laughs> or whatever and mm-hmm. it, people are just kind of doing whatever. But but for me there was a lot of there was a lot not even just from our home but just in around me where I felt the this is what a good Christian looks yeah. like. And there wasn't as n- enough emphasis, I don't think, looking back on Jesus, the cross, you know, who he is, what he did. There was that for salvation, mm-hmm. for sure, but not necessarily for every single day of your mm-hmm. life. Ooh, this hard. is what It's hard know. to tie that in, even yes. though it's the thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's just so much easier to address behavior. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, we only have a minute left with you. Right. I, I would be interested if you answer this question. There's a family out there. They've got a Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry. He's a pastor. Pastor's wife are listening. They have a kid that's a spitfire, a lot of personality. Yeah. They don't know if she's even going to end up a Christian. Yeah, right. <laughs> a very good. Very, yeah. What do you Reasonable say thought. to encourage them? Yeah. That keep praying, pray, and also once that will is surrendered to the Lord, mm. it's it's wonderful because then you begin to use that energy and that vision and the spunk and whatever it is mm-hmm. f- and the passion for what the Lord has. That's good. And that's where I feel like I am now by the grace of God, by the grace of God. But now I am focusing all of that to – you know, whether it's working with JMI and the Amazon and working with jungle pastors or orphans mm-hmm. in Moldova or my own neighbors on the street, serving people, loving people, that is, mm-hmm. I love that. And and so just keep praying for that will to be surrendered to the Lord that's because good. that's what changes the behavior. It We're never mm-hmm. going to change our behavior until we, we bow before mm-hmm. Christ. And I think there was a lot of reasons why I was wrestling with with that for for different times mm-hmm. in my life. And of course, we always do. We always circle back around to those moments where we have to re- surrender mm-hmm. again <laughs> every day. But that's a good yeah. word. That was really good. good. So. Thanks for being on the show and talking oh, about 
what so it means happy. to be a pastor's kid and what it's like. Hey, we could have we could have kept talking a lot we longer. Had, yes, Sorry, we could I have. We talked too long, that but there's great. a no, lot no, no. to say about it. But I think I am. I will just end with this and say, I'm thrilled. I wouldn't have wanted a different story. So That's a I, question we've asked people: is yeah. if you could redo it, which you can't, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Looking back, would you? No. Would you grow up in a church again, mm-hmm. church home? Yes, again? yes, I would. I would have. I would absolutely have grown up as a a pastor child and mm-hmm. in that family and helping them be part of something from scratch as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. Lindley's dad has a saying that his mom used to say, which is, if you like where you ended up, don't complain about the path that got you there. There you go. Mm-hmm. And right. I know it wasn't easy being a pastor's kid, uh-huh. but no. look well, look how God's used it. I mean, one of our mm-hmm. leading authors at Lifeway, and thank you so much for all the ways you partner with us mm-hmm. and all the Bible studies. I know you're working on Esther right now? Yes, When yes. does it come out, and when? what can people expect? November 2024, so a little ways, a little ways. But, yeah, I will say the, o- the one little, you know, behind-the-scenes thing that I think is interesting is that this is really the story is so much about God's faithfulness and not nearly as much about Mordecai and Esther's amazing, courageous behavior, although I don't want to take anything away from either of them. I don't. <laughs> But boy, is this God at work. That's so, cool. Yeah. Can't wait to can't wait to see it come out. Thanks, awesome. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. The Glass House is brought to you by Lifeway. It is produced and edited by Angie Elkins with help from William Hall. Sound engineering by Donnie Gordon. Artwork by Heather Brzezinski. And photography by Rebecca McVeigh.